This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Welcome to Shepherding Our Hearts with Addie and Tina Shepherd. We are back again for another relationship advice um, segment. Not a segment. It's our whole topic. It's the whole podcast. The whole podcast. It's a large segment. Based on a segment that we used to do called Relationship Advice. And this one is a little bit odd because we don't really see much in the way of interactions between these individuals. But we see the fruits of those. Surely they already know who we're talking about. Though. Well, yeah, because it's a title. Oh, it's like, I always forget they have a title. Why they don't have they, a title. Why don't they give us the titles? That would be a lot easier, I think, I sometimes. Know. So we are talking today about Noah and his relationship, him and his wife, um, with their sons and their sons' wives. So kind of that... Um, a little familial love. Yeah, and sort of the the parent and the in-law relationship to um, yeah. the children, the grown children. So kind of an interesting one. But like I said, you don't really see much of the way in of interactions. I'm struggling with words, but it's fine. It's okay. So, you don't really see much in the way of actual um, examples of how they interacted with one another, but you can see from the results of the situation... Their fruits. The, ...the type of relationship they must have had. So, there's going to be some assumption and speculation in this one a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Reasonable. It's not like it's it's crazy. We're not like going way out on a limb. We are. This is not my phone. That's a battery pack. That is a big. That would be a big phone. So we're it gonna, would be kind of hefty. We're not going to read the whole account of um, Noah and the Ark and all of what was going on because we all know that story. That's okay. People, we we usually don't like to say that. We usually would read it all anyway. But just if you need a refresher. Always a good idea to go back and restudy something that you have been familiar with, and you'll, I'm sure, learn something new from studying it. But um, so we see the account starting in Genesis chapter six, where God looks upon the earth and He sees just all of the wickedness, and every imagination of their of their hearts was only evil continually, um, except for that of Noah and um, some of his family. So we're just going to skip over to where, obviously, God tells Noah to build the ark and gives him the dimensions and all of these things. And we're going to read in Genesis chapter 7, starting in verse 5. I'm going to read first this time. It's kind of weird. You always read first. That's this is why I told you you should read in Genesis and you said no. I didn't I said I was kidding and that I would read whatever you wanted oh, me well, to read. Oh well here then you read. Okay. Because I feel like it's only right. You always read the text that we're working from. I said that earlier. You must have just not been It's been a crazy to it's me. been another crazy day, Addie. Um and Noah did according unto the Lord No. And Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. There you go. That's it. That's his family. So that's, I mean, I know that that's a small thing. Should we just go ahead and read the next set of yeah. verses now? Okay. We're also going to read First Peter 3 and verse 20. <laughs> 
<laughs> which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water. So really just the, you know, eight souls saved by water. But the cool thing is the sharing of faith that was in this family. And that's really what we're taking from just the the little bits that we have about that. Because obviously we know that they were living in a very wicked world. Clearly, if it was only those eight. And that is all. But it was. what All three of the um, wives, their parents weren't on the ark. No, so they obviously came out of families who were not following God, and yet they did. And so I I personally feel like this should give us so much hope because sometimes it can be discouraging to look in the world around us and see all the bad that is happening and all the influence that is, you know, on our children and, you know, the youth in the church as they grow. Like there's so much negativity and so much um, evil just all around and the influence of them is so great. And if they could do it, so why can't you be a good, I mean, think about how good of parents Noah and his wife had to have been. That's exactly right. Like just the strong influence that they had on their sons and their sons' wives to be able to bring them in um, and teach them about God. And the teaching that must have gone on in that home must have been insane. Yeah, because they were completely different than everyone around them. And I'm sure ridiculed and, you know, it, it very possibly... Again, like I said, there's going to be a little bit of speculation just because we're not given any details about the wives or anything like that. But I would imagine, just knowing from what I've seen in my life and the the people around me, that when someone turns and begins to follow God, um, the family members and all that that you sort of cut, not cut ties with, but kind of... Um, loosen your ties with a little bit because they're not following God the way you want to be. And so you have to at least put a little bit of distance in between yourself and them. And they, there's a lot of ridicule and a lot of um, judgment that goes on um, unfairly. And it's hard. It's hard to walk away from those close relationships and put some distance there. But sometimes... People don't want to leave. They're like, well, if I believe that, then, like, my family is going to hell. Yeah. You know, but but sometimes that's just the case. They don't want you to go to hell, too. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we know that Jesus also talked about just the idea of, you know, those people who, um, who are going to follow after him. Like, they have to make following God more of a priority than their own families. So they need to love their families less than they love God. Everybody should. Everybody should. But that's a really hard thing to do. But we can see that Noah's daughters-in-law did that. So that they were able to also be on the ark. And, you know, I think... I'm now a mother-in-law, so that's kind of interesting to think about. Never been, never been a mother-in-law before. <laughs> what? That's just the funny thing to say. Well, you know, they mothers-in-law get a really bad rap so often. 
They're called monster-in-law. Have you ever heard that? Uh-huh. It's pretty rude. Um, maybe they earned it, though. Well, maybe so. But I think that sometimes, like, it's just um, expected that your mother-in-law is going to be, like, this overbearing, um, pushy person and all of this. But Noah's wife must have been gracious and a good example to her daughters-in-law. That's how it should be. And that's really what we want to strive for. I have to admit, for like probably three years, maybe four years now, I have been praying um, personally to be a good mother to grown children. Just as, as each one of my children have come to that age where they graduate from high school and then, you know, my oldest went to college and... Um, <laughs> Addie went to college for a year. Um, Why would you say it like that? <laughs> I'm just saying because you weren't really going to college. Like, you didn't have any desire to go to college. You just kept... You said it, Addie. <laughs> she went to college for a year. <laughs> I didn't mean That's it in any... <laughs> I didn't mean it in any way negative. I just was like, he went away to college, and that's when I started praying about that. And then I was like, you also went to college, but you weren't really like going for the purpose of getting a degree. You were going because we were making you go. But anyway, that's that's why. I'm not trying to be rude. Anyway, all that to say that I have been making a point in my own prayer life and just trying to very um, be very conscientious about the way that I approach a relationship with adult children. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. I'm I'm working on it, and obviously I will mess up. I'm rude sometimes, unintentionally. That was hysterical. Just now. I just um, want everybody to know that I was it. I'm not upset. She knows that, but I don't know that everybody knows that. I legitimately think it's funny when she does this, because this happens sometimes, and it's just, it's comical. It's funny. It's okay. Way too often does it happen. But anyway, my point being that I want to be the kind of mother to my adult children and mother-in-law to my uh, children's plus ones, that's what I call them, that that they can come to me and that I can be there for them and that, you know, I'm a, a help in their lives. I'm a very firm believer in the whole leave and cleave Um, situation. So I will not be overbearing, but I want them to know that I am always here to talk to or to come to and to help to encourage them in their Christian walk and when they have struggles. And, you know, sometimes even if their own families are, you know, a challenge or whatever, like that I can be here for them through all that. And that's just, you know, a little bit of my um, goal as I get to the age where I have more adult children and married children and all that. So, um, but I think it's important to see the influence we can have on their lives. So I really like the direction you took this. I didn't know exactly where this was going to go. I knew I had some thoughts, but I really like everything that you said. Well, I think thank it you. was good. I'm, I appreciate that knowing that you are about to be one of my other married children and you won't be my mother-in-law. I will not be your mother-in-law, but I will be like a, a, just a mother of an adult child. You know, a married woman who, you know, like you will then be under, you know, your husband and you will be submitting to him. And so you'll no longer be under 
our roof and our rules and all this. So it's like the relationship will change and will be wonderful. I'm looking forward to all that it brings. That's sort of what I was thinking. You said submission. That's what I was thinking when we were talking about Noah and his family is, do you know how, I'm sure it wasn't easy to just be like, yeah, okay, we're going to go get on the ark with, um, Ham's family, Ham's fam. (laughs) You wonder if they had like a group messaging, you know, situation going on. (laughs) The Ham fam. They had pigeon pals. (laughs) Is that what they would call it? Yes. But anyways, there had to be so much trust in that. Even if they also believed in God, like, that's just, that is a, nobody's husband here in this, and where we live in time, is probably asking their wives to abandon their family like that. Yeah, we, we still complain and we're like, oh, so overbearing, but like, really? Truly? And that saved them. Mm-hmm. I like that direction that you've taken it too just from the the and other perspective like of the of the yeah. daughters-in-law but what yours was was very applicable to your life now and I liked that and that's what I was going to tell you I liked it and, and yours is very applicable because you are about to be a daughter-in-law right, so I've been analyzing though that perspective so it was a really fun perspective I really have yeah, here that's kind of cool as we both take on new roles in our lives that's crazy it is kind of crazy. We're growing up. Well, I've already grown up, but you're still growing up. I am still you growing spend up. The rest and, of your life growing up. And you know what? My kids are growing up, and that's a really cool thing to see. And so, what also another bit of relationship advice? As other people might be looking for a husband or wife in this situation, you know, look to someone who you know is going to bring you and draw you closer to God. So the daughters-in-law, like... They were like, okay. Yeah, they they chose men who then could lead themselves. And, you know, obviously they went on to repopulate the earth, um, but with godly men. Right. And I think that picking somebody that you can trust is important. When you are, I almost said the word imperative, and then I was like, I don't actually know that that means what I want it to mean in this instance. I don't know. But for submission, it's you're not going to want to submit or to trust in someone who you don't find to be trustworthy. You know, if you can't trust their decisions, why are you picking them? Yeah. Like, obviously, you can always talk to them about the decisions that they're making, but at the end of the day, that is their decision. And um, <laughs> I like having the comfort of knowing that Kian is going to make the right decision. Yeah. I like believing that. It makes it easier. And these people, these pe- these women, I didn't want to call them people that entire time, and it just kept coming out of my mouth. But they did. They picked people that they knew that they, they picked men that they knew they could trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. It absolutely is. And I would also go on to say, um, and we see we did not read the full account of what happened after they left the ark. But in Genesis 9, we see that Ham, that's where he discovers the nakedness of his father. And then, you know, yeah, all of that kind of thing. But just the point being that those people we do choose to be mates are not going to be perfect. And so, you know, just... Going forward and knowing that, you know, one 
one mistake, one bad choice, all of these things, like to be wives who um, submit to our husbands, but are also willing to approach our husbands in a loving and kind and submissive way, because you can approach them in a submissive way and still ask questions about why they made choices they did. You can do that in a still submissive role and just be like, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm not sure that that, you know, like, why did you make that decision? Anyway, there's a way that you can do that. You can still be kind. And still be kind, but also, you know, um, show love and grace and respect. I think we overcomplicate that sometimes. The whole, there's a way to do it that's right. You know, I feel like it's actually not that difficult to do it in the right way. You know, the kid I watch right now, he's almost two. And he is learning to throw fits. Oh. And it's, it's really not fun. But... I'm realizing how easy it is for him, like, for me to teach him how to communicate what he's trying to say. So when he just screams the word no at me over and over and over, I'm like, can you please say no thank you, Miss Addie? And he goes, no thank you, Addie. And I'm like, that was not hard. Like, and and it always calms him down. If you just tell him to stop, it just riles him up. But mm-hmm. if you, like, give him something else to say so that he can communicate what he wants to... No, that does not always work. He screamed for, like, an hour this morning. To this moment, I don't know what he wanted. I don't. He was just crying. I. But most of the time, I do know what he wants. So if I can give him something to say instead of that, it's not hard. Yeah. And it's not hard to be kind when you're talking to people. It's not. You just got to think about it for a couple seconds. And I think if your relationship has a foundation of trust and of love and openness, then it, then that makes it even easier. Right. And if, I mean, if you're constantly trying, as we go back to repeatedly, but if you're constantly trying to compete with your husband, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's a complimentation. But if you're constantly trying to like usurp that authority and be the leader of your home and all this, then anything you'd say that you know, is going to feel like a challenge to them. But if you are submissive and loving and, you know, you, you're just trying to be there to encourage and uplift your husband um, where necessary, then when there are times when you have an issue that you need to bring up, then it's going to be received in a way because you're not constantly criticizing. So they're going to know uh, they really have a concern about this because it's not like they're always trying to take the lead in our relationship and take the lead in our home, but they do have a heart for God and, you know, just want to know what, what situation, you know, why I made this choice or whatever. So I think that just the attitude that you have towards them all the time will go a long way in making that an easier um, conversation to have. So... That's all I have. That's all I have. I think this was a pretty easy conversation. And I liked this one, even though we didn't really have a lot of verses to go on. Um, We do that sometimes. Yeah. That's okay. I still think that there's a lot to learn from these people. What? Can we, um, I just have one more question. Oh, okay. Do we say thank you? Thank Thank you. you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting our website, bywaymedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.